Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody. Hello. Uh, we're going to get out of here real quick because this place is supposed to be empty. <laughs> so we heard. <laughs> uh, but we have a really important announcement. We've got some business to attend to, some of it musical in nature. So stick with us. Let's begin at the beginning. Hey, um, the New York City finale, uh, September 17th and 18th, it is actually going to be streaming live both nights over on Moment House. You're welcome. That's right. September 17th and 18th, we will be live at Brooklyn's Bell House. And if you've been paying attention, you know that show is sold out both nights. But never you fear, precious Scoobies, because now you can watch it anywhere you like. On your couch, with popcorn, in a gathering, at a shindig, or perhaps at a hootenanny, so long as said places have the internet, or even in a well-wired crypt. Virtual tickets are available right this very moment over at moment.co, that is moment.co slash buffering the vampire slayer, or you can just go to our website and go to the finale landing page, bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash chosen. Those who attend the show virtually will also have access to broadcasts of both nights, if you get tickets to both nights, on video on demand for seven days. So that means even if you can't make it in real time, we've got you covered. It means if you want to watch it a few times, we've got you covered. Uh, You know, we've just basically got you covered. Uh, What are we going to be doing, you ask? Well, Saturday night is going to be a pretty epic night of our favorite buffering songs performed, of course, by Jenny Owen Young's. Jenny, you're going to have a full band for these songs for the first time ever, aren't you? That's right. There's going to be a bunch of special guests. And Sunday night, we are going to, of course, be recording the season seven finale, Chosen, live in front of your perfect faces. We are taking bets now on how many boxes of tissues we will go through. Again, all info and tickets at moment.co slash buffering the vampire slayer or over at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash chosen. Speaking of a very cool segue that I cannot possibly grasp at this moment in time. Great. Uh, it's time for me to reveal the results of the Sexual Tension Awards for Dirty Girls. What? They made us proud, Jenny. They made us proud. You love to see it. You love to see a tie for fourth place (laughs) uh, with 3% of the vote each for Xandru and Spander. Xander really pulling down the average in there. (laughs) This is correct. And then in second place with 35, a very respectable 35% of the vote. It's Fuffy, fan faves Fuffy. However, Kristen, the time has come. Mm For first place, with 59% of the vote, 59% of the 916 votes we received in total, it's Spaith. That's Spike and Faith. Smoking. You're welcome. Some cigarettes in the basement together. Apologies to those of you who (laughs) wanted to vote for Spaithy. 
uh, the trio of Spike, Faith, and Buffy. Uh, we didn't give you that option, but we're in charge, so. <laughs> uh, yes, we are the bosses. <laughs> A quick email, uh, because I haven't given you one in a, in a sec. Uh, this one from Claire, listener Claire. After Buffy's terrifying vision in Get It Done, we suddenly find ourselves needing to know the plural of Turrican. I prefer to think that the plural form follows more of a mother's-in-law yes. or calls de sac yes. style. Yes. Not for any linguistic reason, but because it's funnier. So I humbly offer that the Hellmouth was crawling with Torax Han. Torax Han. <laughs> Claire is correct. Claire, you are right. You are right. Claire, Claire, we celebrate you. We do. Now, we have but one last small yet extremely important order of business to attend to before we head on into this episode, which features a very special guest. My friend and yours. Latoya Ferguson joins us for this very special episode. And guess what? It was frigging Latoya's birthday the other day. So pardon us while we do this. This is a special version for nemesises. Okay, here we go. <gasps> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Number one nemesis, Latoya. Happy birthday to you. You didn't ask for this. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free. In tandem with the gals I would absolutely never throw through a big window in a high school, Angel on Top. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Oh, I'm Kristen Russo, and this week we are discussing Buffy Season 7, Episode 19, Empty Places. They are not full they are not half full. They are entirely empty, the places. You should stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Empty Places was written by Drew Z. Greenberg and directed by James A. Contner and originally aired on April 29th, 2003. According to IMDb, this is the one where, after their horrifying loss at the vineyard, the gang turn against Buffy and begin to follow Faith instead. Meanwhile, Spike and Andrew travel to an old church to question a priest about Caleb. This is also the one where a nemesis is in the fucking <laughs> podcast with us. Ha Hello, Latoya Ferguson. Latoya Hello. is notably not saluting at right now at all. Just shaking. Wow. There were so many eye rolls for every for everything we said. We just got an eye roll over. There in were the eye rolls. There were uh, <laughs> eyebrow raises. <laughs> I pulled a full the rock on your asses. <laughs> wow. Latoya Ferguson. We are but two jabronis <laughs> in uh, the face of the people's champ here tonight. <laughs> in the face wow. of daddy. Jenny just Jenny just <laughs> bro 
washing up on her wrestling lingo to get the in with Latoya. Uh, uh, listen, the two things that I love, Latoya Ferguson and The Rock. So <laughs> let's. Great choice. Great choice all around. Um, Latoya, we're happy to have you here despite what you might suggest to our audience. That, you know, like despite what you may try to spin your PR that we mm. are, uh, we hate each other. You brought me in for a season seven episode. Uh, <laughs> what PR? I think it's real. <laughs> hey, this is a pretty good episode. I like this episode. It's what do you? What do you? Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Lejoy is here to tell you it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I think I realized uh, Drew Z. Greenberg's episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer are not for me. He's a he's a he's a big uh, Andrew head, so you know because he's uh. he's an openly gay man. <laughs> so like Andrew, right, 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 he's right. talked about like Andrew being kind of like a, a self insert. So apologies, Drew. Uh, oh wow, Drew and Andrew. Yeah, it's really they really yeah. Well, boo. <laughs> Okay, well, this yeah. is a conflict of interest. <laughs> Who's going to do the previously on? You're both here. Well, I could. Do, I, I wrote my own uh, previously on. Yes. Uh, yes. Great. I, they're, they're short. They're not as long as my angel ones, though. Okay, we're ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Previously on Buffy. <laughs> Buffy is a bitch, just like when she's in L.A. <laughs> Caleb is doing his shit. Uh, the way Nathan Fillion's Canadian-ness just lends itself to Southern-ness. And those are my previously. <laughs> Wow. Good. Very <laughs> good. Jenny, you can do your own if you want. I'm just going to add, uh, for because I feel like some of this uh, is important, I don't know, for later. Uh, previously on Buffy, there's this guy named Caleb. I said that. He stabbed a girl named Shannon. I said that. Faith showed up, and uh, Giles and Dawn did not care for it. Uh, Buffy doesn't have time for Woods' vendetta. I said that. Buffy also said... <laughs> Buffy also said, fuck you, dad, to Giles. I said that. Uh, This is all covered under the umbrella of Buffy was a bitch. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Then there's the I heard you had something of mine I do now exchange. Yeah. Uh, The Shadow Valley Vineyards ass whooping featuring a couple of deaths and also Xander's little eye poke. Caleb doing his shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well. Just in case Just anybody's in case. joining us I love, for the first like, time I, today. I love the seriousness at which we recap previously on for a show that aired nearly 20 years ago today. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's special. I think it's what makes us special. Well, I think, like, it feels to me like uh, the reason that Buffy doesn't have time for Wood's Vendetta, for example, is in the previouslys, like, feeds right into our final scene mm-hmm. and the great schism <laughs> and would being like, Hey, the fact maybe you should sit down. The fact that both of you did a previously on and neither one of you said how hard the show is again, still trying to make uh, it. The mission is what matters uh, fly as the new phrase. Cause it's in the previously ons again. And like it, later when we're Kristen, at the police doesn't stage. sound like anything to me. doesn't sound like it is. But also we get it me. from beneath you dot, dot, dot I'm, in this episode. That's so. what I know. That's what I love is that the dude is like being dragged into the police station. He's like from beneath you. And everyone's like, no dude, that was like six episodes ago. Shut up. And also, he's, they're also like, dude, are you sure you're not one of glory's brain sucked people? Yeah. I mean, yes, exactly. he literally is, right? Like, Then I realized how much okay. the first is just kind of like, uh, we're going to run back the glory thing again, I guess. But the first can't touch anyone. 
Oh, give me give me 12 glories over this creepy motherfucker. I'm nodding my head now. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now that I take you to task. Head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Latoya said she was going to get us. So why don't we start there? <laughs> yes. Please get our asses, Latoya. So at your live show for Dirty Girls, you brought up Leo's. Yes. You did not bring up me, who is Rude. a Leo. My birthday is next Friday, by the way, Jenny. So you're close. <sighs> Well, I'm already constructing my altar to celebrate, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm deeply sorry that uh, for this grave omission. There's no excuse for it, uh, but I am really sorry. And happy birthday in advance. And you're very cool and nice and great. Technically... Technically, um, Alba brought up Leo's, so. <laughs> and you just kept going down that path, guessing who was Leo, but it's not true. I. It's true. I apologize. I also would like to, um, you know, make amends. We will be renting the plane that was flying over Comic-Con with various <laughs> Yellow Jackets messages and repurposing it to just wish everyone... Happy Latoya's birthday. It'll actually There's a just reason say, why happy birthday nemesis. <laughs> Cole Turner cast <laughs> is dropping next Friday, the first episode. Right. Perfect. Also, point two, you didn't bring up the one thing I always bring up with Dirty Girls, which is Rachel Bilson as a potential slayer in the one scene, Xander's terrible dream. And then she's like, no, I have to go away to the OC. Thank God. <laughs> um, I know. You guys. I know. Another another unacceptable yeah. omission, and I am sorry. Um, Latoya, I hope that we can find a way to make it all up to you, namely by inviting you to talk with us about a season seven episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> One that you don't particularly care for. <laughs> but that you care for more than any of the other episodes that are left in the bin. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. Shall we begin at the beginning? Yes. So we're on the main drag. Now we're really getting visuals that everyone is leaving Sunnydale. I, Chris Russo, have um, my like emotional meter as we get closer to the end of the podcast is just really, it's just really kind of going off the charts. So I, when I sat down to take notes, saw all the cars lined up and leaving. And when it cut to Clem and his little VW bug, I burst into tears, so I'm fine. I'm doing fine. Um, but this is, you know, yeah, Jenny made an Italian hand. What's up? No, I just like, if this is emotional for you, buckle up. I know. I know. But it is, it's, but it's sad. It's also like Sarah Michelle Geller's voice is all hoarse, which is. Dude, she sounds like she's been gargling thumbtacks. Someone. Let this girl rest. Sweetie, hang on. You're almost at the finish line. <laughs> and people wonder why she wanted to quit the show. Seriously, she can like barely vocalize, um, which is which really works for the episode. Um, however, becomes hilarious when the first is Buffy and also the first is horse. <laughs> no, the that's first is normal. <laughs> <laughs> the first is so in touch with what's going on with Buffy and s so good at spying on all the living things that uh, the first is just like really going for accuracy and nailing it. Mm -hmm. The first is method. 
<laughs> Stanislavski for the first. <laughs> How do you both feel about the choice that Clem drives a new red Volkswagen Beetle? It tells me it's 2003. Oh, yeah. It's very fitting. That's how I feel about that. Damn it. Okay. I would like to add to the list of demon, you know, there's like a demon salon where they get their nails done and like a demon, clearly a demon bar, several. There's like a whole demon like underground world. So I would like to add to this that there is now a demon car dealership where the demons go to get their vehicles. Oh, yeah. Like the cost of a VW bug is like probably like 4,000 cats, you know? So mm. kittens, please. Kittens, kittens only. Sorry. Uh, I do have a note that says, uh, first of all, Clem, go to LA. <laughs> you think it's really bad here. Oh, yeah. Second of all, Clem, just eat cats. It's in your alpha ass nature. <laughs> Don't be afraid to eat cats. I felt the oh, same way when he yeah. was like trying to be like good for Buffy. Like, no, it's my morals. I was like, dude, this is just who you are. She, it's okay. she also really only had a problem with it because she was fucking blackout drunk. <laughs> Yeah, be true to yourself, Clem. Don't let Buffy stop you from being you. Clem in the Hyperion. Imagine, like, Clem and Lorne hanging out. What a delight. Yes. Good. Perfect. I'd watch that. So You can see breezes? Yes, right? (laughs) Like, fucking Lorne would make them each a sea breeze, and fucking Clem would be pouring, like, bowls of bugles for them both. It would be so cute. Yes. Uh, Things are bad? Things are bad. Clem is like, I'm leaving town because uh, it seems like, wow, this time is different. And I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop this, except, of course, for you, because <laughs> you rock. And if you save the world, I'll come back and we can get a drink. I mean, when? I mean, when you save the world, because there will be all of the the rocking. And he does like the, this hand symbol. Listeners, I'm... <laughs> Uh, curling down my, I have raised my hand, I'm curling down my middle finger and my ring finger, and then my pinky and my first finger are up, like little rock and roll devil horns. Yeah! Uh, and Latoya's very impressed, actually. So Yeah, Latoya's like smiling so big. She's so happy. <laughs> They're lying on me, people. Um... The moment that gets me a lot is when Clem sort of breaks this sort of, you know, I have confidence in you and says, maybe you should just leave this time, especially knowing how the whole episode ends. Like, not that she's leaving Sunnydale, but she definitely leaves by the end of this episode. The thing that really gets me in this scene is that Clem says, take care of yourself, and Buffy doesn't say it back, which also really feels connected to the end of the episode for me. Yikes. Stripes. Fruit, striped, gum. No, this is a... This is an anti yikes stripes fruit stripes gum Wow, podcast, Jenny hates Kristen. rainbow zebras. We go to the credits. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited because now we go back after the credits and we have Giles in a fucking trench coat and I died. I think this is a very good day for Giles. I think he is pleased as punch to be doing a little Detective subterfuge. Giles. Turtle deck. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that most of the Scoobies have leaned into the end of the world, you know, like which is which is relatable content. You know, I think most of us are doing similar things now. Just like, well, I don't know. I guess maybe it's cool that we're the people who will be here when it all burns to the ground. <laughs> makes <laughs> makes you a little punchy. Uh, the only one not leaning mm-hmm. in is our Buffy, I think. That's how I feel about being on a season seven episode. <laughs> no. Lean in. Oh, no. Lean in, Latoya. Get punchy. Put on your turtleneck and your trench coat. <laughs> I do have a turtleneck. Uh, nice. I do have a <laughs> nice. For when I, I when I have to be Sydney Bristow, so. Ooh. Yes. All right. So the the cops are um the well, cops, the cops are... are important <laughs> because the cops are people, but two of them are people. So Black oh. Cop is played by Dorian Missick, who honestly, if this were any other UPN show, he would be one of the leads and not just a cop on Buffy. Wow. Uh, uh-huh. But he's an uh-huh. actor. He's been in a lot of things. He's in uh, Lucky Number Slevin, a movie I, I very much love. Nice. Uh, the Cape, Southland, a great show about cops. Yes, cops suck, but the Southland also <laughs> knows sometimes cops suck. <laughs> Regina <laughs> King, baby. Lucy wow. Liu shows up. She's a real piece of wow. shit in that, honestly. <laughs> I will follow uh, Regina King anywhere. So, oh, yes. she's yeah, she is so good on Southland. Uh, but yeah, he is. Uh, he, he's from there. And then when the other two cops show up, there's a blonde one. No idea who that is. I didn't look into it. There's a brunette one. Do you you guys recognize the did brunette you, one? Did you recognize him, Kristen? No, he, he's you your former boyfriend. What? From whence? <laughs> it's more Latoya's domain. To say than mine. Wait, what? <laughs> For a boyfriend? What, what is yeah. he from? Tell me, and I'll know. Uh, tell me, show called Angel. Oh, uh, he's my former boyfriend from Angel. Yeah, he plays a character named Billy. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Jenny's so mean. Getting me from like four layers down. <laughs> it's so fucking mean. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was fucking Billy though. That's wild yeah, that I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Give him some spiky him. hair, some some floppy hair and yeah. I was like, why do I ne- recognize this white man? And we had to see cuz I knew he was going to be at the end, the credits and I'm like, that's fucking Billy. <laughs> to the point where like they say he's like the hellmouth doing this, but I'm like, is he just using his Billy powers on them? Cuz that could also be what it is. Or are they just Dude, being yeah. fucking cops? Like it's unclear. Like, B- Billy is back. Board. Yeah. And Billy is using his Billy powers. <laughs> They should have done that, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris's boyfriend, apparently. My, apparently, unbeknownst to me, I'm so happy to find out that Billy is my boyfriend. It says his character's name is Monroe, but no, he's Billy. <laughs> uh, Billy forever. The, the cops are itching to, quote, hand out some justice. That's their through line for the yes, episode. They found Killing. a warrant for a fugitive in their backyard. Who could that be? She's from Boston, keeps it spotting, doesn't need any frills. Seems like she's the only one who's taking care of herself. Don't call her loser, she's a bruiser with the power and skill. But the demons deep inside her are the hardest to kill. Faith! So the cops have been, like, mind-controlled by Willow and tricked by Giles' trench coat into giving them the file on Caleb. And then the other... 
important-ish thing, I guess, is just that there's some guy in handcuffs who we referenced already uh, screaming from beneath you, and they are... The cops are being um, really unjustified in their um, violence and and in their, quote, uh, handing out some justice, which, as we all know, is very unlike the cops, so you know it's definitely the Hellmouth hmm. that is yep. causing oh, this. Yeah. The cops have They're never activated. been bad to any character mm. on Buffy the Vampire Slayer either. No, no. no. Totally unlike the cops, so... So, so we go to the hospital where we are. We've got three characters, but sadly only five eyes. Uh, Buffy is explaining a bunch of stuff to Xander about like what she talked to the doctors about. And she is going, she is like going around the Grand Canyon to avoid saying the word I. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing. The reason why I chose to be on this episode of all yes. my my few options <laughs> was that I'm like, well, obviously I'll get to rant about all these bitches kicking Buffy out of her home. How dare they? And then I rewatched the episode and then I'm upset because Buffy's acting like she's in L.A. right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, like Alba's notes also were like, this is the first time I did a rewatch where I literally was like, I'm so glad this that is, Buffy has left. <laughs> this is, they, 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 they trick you because they also, you know what they do? They make Kennedy likable and understandable in this episode. <laughs> they intentionally do that. Yes. Kennedy's not behaving this way before. Kennedy has some fucking smart shit. And you know who has the smartest shit is fucking Rona. Oh, Rona who, uh, I will say... I've been watching uh, Boston Public. Uh, you, you you know about this. Uh, and uh, Indigo, <laughs> who plays Rona, was is at least in season three. So I'm in season three, and she's actually, I'm like loving her in season three of Boston Public. Still not feeling Rona that much, but I'm like th- now it's like it's spilling over though. I'm like okay, I'll, I'll oh, listen to you. I love. I fucking love Rona. Um, <laughs> Especially in this episode, except for one line, which we'll get to towards the end, which I don't understand why it was given to her. I am I'm just like thinking it's kind of performance. I'm like, we have a lot, quite a few talented actresses playing these characters. And just mm-hmm. I think a lot of the potential stuff comes down to performance for me. I'm like, I know you can all do better. So yeah. why is this what's happening here? Mm. Yeah, fair, fair. So um, it gets real sad in the hospital room. Pretty quickly, uh, Buffy, like you said, Jenny is, I mean, really giving us just like the the tip of the iceberg here because this is how she's going to be for the majority yeah. of the episode. Like, here's your facts. I refuse to acknowledge what happened. I can't apologize or take accountability. And because Girl, of that, I'm also imploding sorry. and being extra reckless. She doesn't even have to be, say she's sorry, just be comforting at all. And she's not like they've been to all of them together have been to the hospital so many times and this is like the one time she's not like being a friend with Mm. any of them being in the hospital she's broken she broke she broke the vineyard fight broke her which is not giving her an excuse to behave the way that she's behaving but it's so clear that she just has broken yeah um so Buffy leaves and Willow is like I thought we were gonna like fucking you know like to your point LaToya I thought we were gonna do what we have done any other time we've been in the hospital with somebody who has been like injured in battle they and yeah braided Xander's hair they should have given yeah. him cornrows yeah <laughs> <laughs> and oh. Willow's would be perfect and, and Buffy's would be terrible oh god the reversal <laughs> 
to take us into some of the gravity of uh, what has happened, I'm just going to take us into the episode for a moment to hear the exchange uh, that ends this scene between Willow and Xander. No one will ever make me watch Josh 3D again. Yeah, and you'll never have to... Oh, Willow. Please don't. I did uh, kind of tear up from Xander and Willow just trying to joke through it. But again, I'm having a bad day. I've been crying for most of the day anyway, so. Yeah, I teared up as well. I wasn't having a bad day, but, you know. Jenny has no emotions. I felt emotional. (laughs) I didn't cry. Like a robot would say. Yes, I I possess a full span of regular human emotions, just like you do, and it's fine. It's hard, you know, because, I mean, I'm just thinking this now, but I think that this episode gives us many characters who are trying to do the things that they've always done before that have worked, and it's not working on, like, a smaller scale. Willow and Xander have always been able to, like, laugh through the pain, and they cannot do Mm. it. And on a bigger scale, Buffy has always been able to, like, say, but I'm the Slayer, so just do this, and it will work. And it doesn't. But at the same time, when Buffy does specifically that, her loner bullshit, she's like, I'm the Slayer, do this, and and it'll work. It never works. Like, the the problem here is that... For some reason, she decides it's, it's all me. It's my way or the highway. That has never been the correct option, Buffy. The whole point of this entire series is like you have your friends and your family and like that camaraderie, mm-hmm. and that's what works. And when you're keeping these uh, these potentials, not these children, as she calls them, at arm's length, like that's what the issue is. Yeah, like she's not doing what she always does yes. in terms of what what works. She's doing what she always does before she does the thing that works. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, I have great news. At least for me and Kristen. I don't know how Latoya is going to... bad news for Latoya. (laughs) Feel about it. (laughs) But uh, Latoya, maybe you'll like this scene, even though Andrew's in it, because he doesn't have any lines. He just has prop work. (sighs) My problem with this scene is that Anya is not telling them anything they don't already know. She's just saying things. Oh, stake a vampire. What? You don't have powers i can't i can't do it it's not super helpful but apparently she's been out talking to her contacts and she's got to come back with something and anya doesn't realize all of her contacts trolled her (laughs) (laughs) some of them literally probably literally trolls Uh, i mean we've only encountered one turrican and buffy decapitated it which would perhaps lend you know, lend us the idea that, like, they could be staked or whatever. But Buffy also did try to stake it, and it didn't work. So did she try like... taking off its leather uh, ensemble? <laughs> yeah, you have to remove <laughs> the tunic before you stake. I mean, <laughs> this would be... This would feel like more exciting information if all of the potentials also had super strength. Right. Which Anya somehow thinks they have. Rona literally looks at her fucking broken arm and looks back at Anya like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) I think I 
think the importance of this, I mean, the importance of this is twofold, right? One, they all need a place to go because they need, because Kennedy and Amanda need a place to be sent later in the episode. Downstairs, you have to go downstairs with Anya. And two, I think that it gives us like the Rona and Amanda lines that feel really important. Rona saying, you know, it's not actually the fucking Uber vamps. Like we're afraid of the fucking preacher. We just were in this fucking space with this preacher. We're afraid of the preacher and no one is telling us what we need to know. And then Amanda, just a reminder that Amanda is fully just like, nothing works. Nothing will ever work. (laughs) We will lose this war, which I love about Amanda because she was the cheery one in the beginning. The other thing I think this scene does is that, okay, it's really hard to remember this from where we are at the end of season seven, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer is actually a show that for the most part is like really fun mm. to and a joy to watch. But, <laughs> no, it's uh, uh, but, pain and suffering. I've seen the past two seasons, so I don't know what no, you're no, talking no, about. No, 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 no. It's actually an action comedy <laughs> no, this is hell. genre show. She was in heaven and uh, she came back for these last two seasons. This is hell. It is. It is. Okay. we're in hell now but the people making the show distantly recall through the haze of time that the show was once fun and they're trying to do anything they can to insert some fun into these like episodes that are essentially just like harrowing you know so they put Anya and Andrew in a room together to do a little easel bit Mm -hmm. uh which, you know, I'm thankful for Andrew's drawings. Oh, my I'm God. I'm thankful for him drawing a sun and then writing teeth, <laughs> claws, breakup sex, uh, just hitting the really important bullet points. I have a mind about me to try to make a fucking sticker that is just this image. I love it so much because especially the, the thing that really puts it over the top for me is that the sun has a big smiley face, you know, and it's like a smiling sun, teeth, claws, breakup sex. It's very good. It's a smiling sun ready to obliterate any Turrican that dare stick its pointy little ears above ground. <laughs> you know, Latoya, you may have negative opinions on Andrew, but he does know his way around a marker. We have to give him that. At this point, he's not doing anything aggressively terrible. Right. He's not he's complaining about drawing. Hot Pockets yet, which Hot yet. Pockets are disgusting, so shut the fuck up. Not yet. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the kitchen. We'll get closer to Hot Pockets. We're not there yet, but we're closer. Hot Pockets. Oh, yes, where Faith is the most 2003 anyone person has ever been because of her belt. Oh, my God. Plus, just that eating belt. elbow deep in a bag of chips with that belt is very 2003 all around. I'm pretty into Kennedy and Faith speaking to each other. I enjoy it. Oh, yes. Uh, Kennedy flirting with Faith. I'm like, that's what I read in my notes. Uh, and this is where it was like, again, I was saying Kennedy is surprisingly not written the way she's been written for this entire season, which reminds me of watching this live with my family. I remember me and my younger brother, like we thought like when they introduced Kennedy, it's like, oh, we're getting like, we're getting like Faith 2.0 and we were actually Mm. looking forward to Kennedy. And then they were like, nope, she's just a spoiled brat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I wanted some competency in any of these potentials. And like Kennedy is like the, the closest and they even show that in this episode. Yeah. But you get so much. It's so much of the antagonism and just like she's the anti-Tira, which is a lot of it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is a character I want. I wanted to like and love and immediately it's like, mm. no, you're not allowed to like or love anything anymore. This is season seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I, 
Do you feel a brief respite from that when she walks into a room where Faith is already sitting and they start talking to each other? I feel just like Iyari Limon actually gets to act in this yeah. episode. Like mm-hmm. being snotty Kennedy is like, that's one note. Is what, and I feel like that's a lot of it. Like she actually gets to act in this episode and there are layers to the way she is behaving. And when she apologizes to Buffy later, she legitimately feels bad for like what she has said. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that, that contrition does not exist prior to this episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also the stakes didn't exist. I mean, I agree with you, but I think also, for at least for me, my experience of Kennedy has been like, she's been pretty shitty toward Buffy but Buffy has been making really fucking horrible decisions yes. and not keeping the potential but safe. But she's been shitty since day one. She's been shitty without cause. Like, if anything, you have n- now to be shitty, and then she's actually being decent. It makes, yeah. like, I'll give Greenberg this. He actually wrote Kennedy like a real character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the first one to do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and that moment really stuck out to me where she apologizes. It's, at the and also, table. I, I know I, I called out Greenberg, but like it's specifically, again, it's some shows are written by like the staff and like they give someone like the the episode, but like it's based on an outline that everyone has come up with. They've all broken the episode together. It's just unfortunately like some some episodes that I I consider lacking. His name is on them, but like obviously we know it all goes up to the Marty and then Joss anyway. So yeah. like. And also, he's he's been great elsewhere, and he did a great stuff on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Nice. So Faith and Kennedy have their exchange in the kitchen, and, um, you know, Faith is like, good on you, Kennedy, for fucking playing hooky. She has a moment where she asks uh, for some chips, and Faith is like, I'll trade you for a pack of cigarettes and some soap. Wait, no, sorry, I'm not in prison anymore. You can just have some chips. Um, Amanda comes in, and... <laughs> talks about how Anya is uh, recalling her breakup sex and Faith lets her in on a little tip that she uses which is that when no! I <laughs> no the, like, the satisfaction on her face she's like yeah nice high fiving herself fucking <laughs> what <laughs> I, I'm like just give me that footage I would like to see the footage of Faith being like well you know he lost his virginity to me and Anya's response to that well, it's just they can't all use that faith and also do we have to talk about whether or not xander is good in bed because Anya seems to think so and faith doesn't seem to not think so so yeah i mean honestly it seems it like, not, like it seems like xander's not bad in bed you know it's like on the originals uh, for empire diaries where we had to acknowledge that klaus michelson fucking puts it down <laughs> I think that Xander allows it to be put down, and that is why people enjoy uh, having sex with Xander. I think Xander <laughs> just really owns the bottom that he is. Yes. And that's... He allows it to be put down. Ple- right. It's pleasing to both Faith and Anya. Tops. Two tops. No waiting. <laughs> Jenny's <Yeah>. furious. <laughs> Jenny's face is so red. I'm fine. <laughs> so A person who's not fine says... <laughs> Okay, so we learned that, like, since the last episode, nobody's learned anything substantial about Caleb, uh, their research, and Anya talking to her contacts. Nothing's gone anywhere, and everybody's feeling pretty bleak about it. Enter Buffy with a police file. <laughs> Kristen hates the police file. No, I'm just, like, I'm so... It's, it's really hard to watch 
every time Buffy enters in this episode because you just want her to, especially in the fucking last scene, but throughout, you just want her to like break and cry mm. and apologize and yeah. be there with the team and she cannot fucking do it. Instead, she drains the life from anyone because also enter Dawn, who was not in the meeting. meeting oh. And Dawn's trying to be lighthearted while also trying to get Xander information. Yeah. Neither of those things are helpful. No, like Dawn asks. And I, I do love, I think that the episode does a really good job of showing us how much um, care Faith is taking of Buffy. Um, like as much as she's like, standing her ground and like you know being annoyed with the Buffy of Buffy she's really aware of her and like when Dawn asks about Xander for a second time Faith is the one that's like maybe not now you know like like really cues Dawn to like lay Scram, off kid yeah yeah and um I think that you know I mean if we're to understand that Slayer's carry this particular kind of weight, then Faith really is the only person in the orbit that can understand precisely mm -hmm. where Buffy is, though Faith would never do what Buffy is doing. I, I get that. And she's right to, you know, try to help Buffy and is trying to take care of it. I feel like she should have possibly talked to Dawn, though, because I guess she, she knows Dawn probably has like the pipsqueak little sister. <laughs> but like Dawn is uh, very much someone who should, she should have a conversation with, like possibly try to get on the same page. Here. Yeah. And yeah. I put in my notes, season seven is the best Dawn season oh. by far, because it also just allows Michelle Trachtenberg to be like the talented actress we all know she is instead of having to play a brat child. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've always loved Dawn from the jump, but, but like oh, she boy. had to play like a brat child, also younger, like younger. That's younger why specifically the brat child she is. Yes. Yeah. She actually like just gets to be a good actress. Every time somebody tells Kristen that they've come around to Dawn, <laughs> I, I she think... just tells them. I, I like Dawn. I've always thought this. I I I actually <laughs> liked Dawn like from like way back when she was like a teeny tiny baby on the series, like when she was born. I liked. I, Dawn, so. I liked Dawn when she was a fetus. Actually, uh, I liked her when she was, she was a Joyce. mystical energy key. Actually, love that key. <laughs> Gave it the best key ring of all. Um. Okay. So. So this is the Kennedy of it all. We talked about this a bit, but Kennedy basically, Kennedy doesn't do anything wrong. She doesn't say anything wrong. She literally states the fact it is not, I don't think at all, like mm -hmm. she says, intended to be a burn on Buffy. No. But they're talking about Caleb and she's like, also, could we find out like what the deal is with his ability to render a Slayer useless in one yeah. punch, which is literally what happened. Um, yeah. But because Buffy is not processing anything, she is deeply affected by this. And then Kennedy apologizes. To, it doesn't matter. Buffy is in her own fucking world. So Faith gets the girls to leave um, to have, I think, I think she like wants to have a moment with Buffy, but Buffy is like, see that everyone gets started on this. And Faith is like, yeah, Buffy leaves. Faith's got the file. And Why? Why does Buffy go to the school? Does anyone know? Is that the she only place she, to get to get her, her stuff? That's she said that. When she has she has her stuff there. It's one framed <laughs> photograph from season one of her Willow and Xander that she it's needs to look at and then two, shed but a tear. Okay. Oh, um, I guess you you host this podcast, but whatever. Oh shit! It's season two. Oh shit! Latoya <laughs> said, "Nope, you're wrong." <laughs> season uh, two. Well, you, we first see the framed photograph in season two. It's from. It's like they filmed. Like they shot it during season two. Look at Sarah's hair. Oh. 
Okay, I will look at Sarah's hair, Latoya, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> but like, this is look at only... Brendan's hair too. Like it's season two. This is look not... at their hair. Look at everyone's hair. Okay, I promise I will look at everyone's hair. This is not the only place that this photo is kept. And also there's a preacher who can literally throw her through walls. Why has she gone to this school? Speaking of the preacher, let's discuss the fact that we have Nathan Fillion. Again, I said somehow his Canadianness leads like lends itself to him. He's he's often doing like a southern drawl for some reason. It's not always like this, but it's it's he, he for some reason he does that. And then we have Gina Torres on Angel. We have to discuss should they have never canceled Firefly? <laughs> because this is what, here's what happens. Yes, Gina Torres good. Nathan Fillion. How do we feel? <laughs> I mean, I just don't love Nathan Fillion. As a villain, like Nathan maybe... Billion, Nathan Billion, <laughs> Nathan Billion. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel. He's like too like squeaky clean or something. Which like I I guess I could see how maybe one could imagine that like really working with like mm-hmm. a preacher with an arc sign. Well, that's kind of why thing. it works in Doctor Horrible. Because he plays like the superhero who's actually like the villain. Totally. And that, yeah, that totally works. But something about this doesn't do it. Maybe it's maybe it's that a whole new like major villain is introduced like five episodes before the end of the entire series or something. It's just like fucking. <laughs> I um, I think Caleb is a pretty effective villain as like written on the page. And I'm fine with Nathan Fillion. But. Like just as a as a hum as an actor, but I just feel he he he's fine. Is how I feel about him, and I wish that I there was somebody who I felt more than that about that was in this role. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about uh, him as a human anymore. Well, yeah, his, as a human, yeah. I don't feel good about him anymore at all. Um, when, I, he, when he said, "Ain't that just like a woman?" I'm like, "Is that Caleb or is that Nathan Fillion?" Yeah, I am. Um, I also like didn't like we watched Firefly, and I really disliked. The character of Mal. So what you don't like him calling Inara a whore every other I line. I really just couldn't. I couldn't get into him at all. And so it's a love story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I will say, like in this scene, in, I mean, and in several scenes, the, the whether it's Nathan Fillion or the dialogue or misogyny <laughs> in general, working for it, it is pretty fucking Mm. terrifying um the like the misogyny in this scene is fucking rough it is bad it is but i also another note i have i like i'm like i think billy possibly just does the caleb Mm -hmm. character better Mm -hmm. in one episode like i'm like Mm. billy could have been you know really just bring billy over here yeah I just want to say something about, um, I know that we don't want to talk about misogyny for the whole episode, but I think. Don't we? (laughs) I think that somebody, (laughs) I think, I think that's something that um, started to just like pull at my brain. This episode is something that's like bothering me a little bit is that I feel that Caleb clearly, I don't feel Caleb is the most extreme version, like Warren and Caleb on similar sides of the scale of misogyny, right? 
and mm-hmm. and the villains and the clear villains. But I feel that like it's it. I don't know. It feels a little dangerous to me because the the more subtle aspects of misogyny in the show are like not acknowledged like that at all. And so to take that like you can clearly see that this man hates women. So clearly he is the villain. Um, when the show has like shown us a lot of characters who are pretty shitty to uh, women and various marginalized folks without making them the villain. just fe- It just feels like the connective tissue is missing a little bit in a way that like I haven't put my finger on, but feels It's because Joss. Right. Because he does the subtle misogyny. Right, and he's uh, so like overt is bad, but he's not overt, so he's good. So he's good, right? That's right. That's the thing. It's subtle, so it's okay. It's, I'm joking, so it's okay. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna murder yeah. you, so uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, get, get over it, charisma. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> the only place we can um go from here that will help us with misogyny is that Giles has now taken his trench coat off and is only wearing his turtleneck and it is yes. great. <laughs> and he is doing two cool things, which is mentoring Dawn and telling Andrew to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I want to play Giles' jingle when he tells Andrew to shut up. It is so good. Giles Hot dad When you were younger you but now you're older, you got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles. Giles being like, fuck life, get me Spike. And you know what? Let me have, let daddy have a little fun. We're going to send Andrew with Spike. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I, for one, am 100% game for a Spike and Andrew mess around. Yeah. Little little road trip. Yeah. And it gets them out of the house so LaToya doesn't have to think about them for a little while. <laughs> I'm fine uh, thinking LaToya about and Spike, but uh, even though I have issues, but Andrew, I don't need to think about him. But Andrew's Take the him only to the reason. And leave him there. Andrew is the only reason we get Spike's monologue about a blooming onion, which I think we could all appreciate. I think he could tell one of the potentials about a blooming onion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, actually, Latoya, we're about to go to one of your favorite Andrew moments, which is that before Spike and Andrew are sent on their little motorcycle church mission to the listener who has not watched the episode, Giles takes out the magnifying glass has <laughs> ever been made it's so small and he uses it to see that this little knot on the wall of this church that Don has been looking into is actually a seal of importance I also love that you went so high that the microphone couldn't capture it at times <laughs> that's how small the magnifying glass was it's so small but it doesn't always get picked up by microphones <laughs> Also, me so uh, angry in my notes, all caps, shut up and do. <laughs> me so angry, I, could, I couldn't spell his name right. Leave off the last R for rage, you know. Um, There's a couple things. One of the things is that what Giles has seen with his teeny tiny magnifying glass and then what in turn Dawn and then Spike also see with the teeny tiny magnifying glass <laughs> is a seal burned into the wood on the wall of this mission. And the seal has become more complex 
than it was in the previous episode. Watching this episode, Kristen, I was sweating. I was like, oh no, I made a big deal about how Caleb's ring burned Shannon's neck and it was just a circle and everyone acted like it was something like extremely identifiable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went back and checked and I just want to confirm that Shannon's burn is basically a circle. Thank you. But it's been two weeks, so they're allowed to have intricacies now. Yeah, yeah. They're allowed yeah. to have intricacies now. He just and the got intricacy the that we have too hot. It just he meant to make right, it so right, that right, it right, could right. really show its seal, but he fucked up. What what has developed in the center of the seal is something that will really set Caleb apart. And we'll really be able to identify where he's put a seal on something versus like any other, I don't know, homicidal preacher or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's got a cross in the middle. It's got a little, it's a circle with a cross. Uh -huh. uh, I've never seen anybody use a cross for anything before. So here we are mm -hmm. uh, with a highly identifiable <laughs> Caleb seal unmistakably burnt into the side of this mission. The other thing that I need to tell you is that this mission is located in Gilroy, California. Giles is sending Spike to Gilroy, California, which is nicknamed the garlic capital of the world. Oh my God. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Will he be okay? Is this actually another attempt by Giles wow. to assassinate Spike? The Maybe. garlic capital? I think it produces something like 90% of uh, garlic available in the United States. What a remarkable fact. Good job, Jenny. Thank you. This is also little Jenny did it. Jenny, <gasps> little Jenny. Little Jenny. Not so little anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm still, still little. So, I'm so sorry. Very little. Yeah, I can barely see you. <laughs> no, I actually as got smaller fact, talking about Gilroy. Same size as the teeny tiny magnifying glass. <laughs> no. <laughs> um this mission I read, I think, is the same mission that they used in the episode Pangs. Um it's the yeah, same that makes sense. Mm -hmm. filming location. But also, if garlic was actually dangerous to, to a vampire. Spike would hate the blooming onion. There's garlic in that shit. <laughs> there must be. Um, also, Latoya, this, this is your favorite scene as well because it is where <laughs> we learn that Faith has. This is your way of being like, oh, that's your boyfriend. Like every scene. Yeah. <laughs> you love the hot pocket. You love it. Um, Faith has stolen. I'm doing. I'm do. I'm representing Latoya's relationship to the hot pocket right now by taking my two little pointer fingers. And smushing them together like <laughs> Latoya and the Hot Pocket are kissing. Thank you. Faith is eating the... If I, I would like to bring to the table for consideration that Faith has not stopped eating this entire episode, which leads me to believe that Faith is also incredibly horny. We know these two <gasps> things go together for a slayer. She's eating chips. She's eating Hot Pockets. She, the girl cannot stop eating. She okay, needs okay. to... She needs... Something. She's got Spike. She's got Buffy. She's got many options underneath this roof. Even Kennedy is on the table for consideration. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Are you okay? <laughs> um, speaking of sex under this roof, I'm sorry. I feel like we like glossed right over the fact that Anya told a bunch of potentials that she and Xander had recently had breakup sex on a surface that they were, some of them were sitting on. You act like that's new. She'll tell anyone she fucked Xander. Also, I'm sorry, <laughs> but if you're sitting on a bed, probably people have fucked on it. Like it just. Whoa, 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 It just whoa. feels like. Okay. Not if fucking, it's my bed. I'm that's for sure. 
Latoya <laughs> well Forever played. Fucking well played. Uh, just the <laughs> girls act as though like they're, I mean, I just, it just is a dramatic response. They get off of the cot. It's like they, I mean, I would imagine that they've like changed the sheets. It's fine, guys. Also, like what's going to happen if you sit on it? Like I, yeah. that like, that just joke in general. I know. Like, I I, I'm always like, there's nothing, nothing's going to happen to you. Shut up. <laughs> oh, we fucked on that table. Okay. You can still <laughs> eat off that table. Nothing's going to happen. You will not get pregnant from eating off of the table where other people have fucked. It's You're not like, eating science. off the table. You have a, like a plate, like, or a bowl, like calm down. <laughs> Wow. All right. Okay. I'm sorry I brought it up. You should be. <laughs> I know. Um. Uh, the only other thing that, uh, well, there's two other things in this scene that I would like to bring um, into the conversation. One is that the thing that Spike says when he's pulled up from the basement before he's sent on his mission is, what's up, Rupert? And I would like to put my two pointer fingers together for that. <laughs> Wow. And also, um, Faith, <laughs> Faith decides, Latoya is, for the listener, shaking her head in shame and disgust uh, at me. But I am impenetrable. I know that Latoya loves me, no matter how much she shakes her head at me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <gasps> The other thing that I want to talk about in this scene, of course, is that at the end of it, Faith is like, the girls are just sitting here feeling crappier by the minute. And Dawn's like, we have to keep them busy. And Faith's like, I have an idea. Yeah. Because Dawn's also like trying to make it like make sure the girls don't think everything's dire, even though they, it is. And yeah. Again, I will ring the fucking bell. Why is it Dawn of Potential? Yeah. It's Slayer's blood. Yeah. You're made of me. Why did we have that goddamn previously every other episode in fucking season five? Mm. <laughs> ah! <laughs> She's literally made of Buffy. She should be a potential. In my in my math, she is. Can I don't care what the show tells me. My million dollars a fucking week. I will fix this show. <laughs> yeah. Season six and season seven will be perfect under my watch. Hell yeah. Um, hey, guess who's playing at the fucking bronze, you guys? Nerf Herder is playing and Dawn is dragging them. She is not dragging them, but also Dawn only goes to the bronze after she has curled her hair. <laughs> she must. <laughs> she must curl her hair. She will not go to the bronze otherwise. Everyone's I like, love come on, later. Dawn, let's go. Like, I have to curl my hair. <laughs> I love that later they're like, oh, sorry, Xander. We're glad you're home, but sorry we didn't have time to do anything. We were too busy drinking, dancing, beating up cops, and also curling Don's hair. We can add to the list. Uh, something that made me feel sad was when I was looking up Nerf Herder playing the bronze, um, which I don't believe that this is a spoiler in any way, shape, or form, but this is the last time that we see the bronze ever. Oh, my God. You know what? You know what's good? We got Kennedy and Don dancing together. Oh, it's my like, God. I'm just like... This episode was like, do I like Kennedy? And I'm like, I do. I just don't, I don't like the version of Kennedy they've written to be with Willow. Because again, this mm. version of Kennedy is good. Yeah. 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 All right. So you want to go back to Ravello Drive? Because Buffy does. And no one's home except for Giles. Because all the girls are dancing. <sighs> Giles and Buffy have an exchange that's very much like, I sent, I sent Spike on a mission to kill him again. The important he piece. He was right to do it the first time. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Latoya. Ooh. Spicy take coming from the top screen in this Zoom. You got, <laughs> go on. I'm in the middle in, in my Zoom. Just so you know. 
I'm just saying, uh, as Buffy says, uh, he's apparently the only one who has her back, which, shut up. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. What are, what are you, no, shut up. Also, like, because she's so fucking, uh, for all this uh, talk Buffy is of, like, the mission and I'm going to be serious general, she's so obsessed with Spike and his whole thing and he has a soul now because that is, that's the actual quote of season seven. He has a soul now. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, he's a liability for her. <laughs> yeah. She's so concerned about him. Yeah, he is. He is. I mm-hmm. mean, um, yeah, I don't I don't agree with the methodology of, um, as my parents told me. But I, I know, do. That's a, that is, um, I love how people always say that's like one of the better episodes of season seven. It's like, no, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's, it's bad. <laughs> I, I'm glad you guys took it to task. <laughs> Um, but I do, I, I agree. And I like Rona gives voice to this in this episode as well. Like you are distracted by this thing. And also you are acting recklessly for like a variety of reasons. And the seed of this scene, I think is like, and Giles brings it up at the end of the episode. You don't think like Buffy doesn't trust anyone at all right now. And mm-hmm. that is not a good working environment for anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it feels like every time she says he has a soul now, it's her way of absolving him just so she doesn't have to process so much of the issues that came from him not having a soul. And my issues in general with the Spike soul stuff is like, I'm not, I have no problem with him having a soul. My problem is that like, and people are like, well, he's not like Angel, but like, I feel like there should be more contrition than what there is. Yeah. Wow, this is the second time I've used the word contrition in this episode. <laughs> I don't really usually use that word, but uh, I feel like there needs to be a lot more contrition that there's not because, you know, Spike makes quips and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry to everyone who's going to be upset with me. No, I, 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 I think... No, no, no. I, no, yeah. I just in general, uh, I know how um, Buffy fans are. <laughs> uh, any kind of criticism. And I'm not saying all of them, but like certain ones yeah how they are but i think i think folks at least in this space are on board for that critique i mean we've been talking even just like not even just like but like for example the fact that lies my parents told me and and spike is still chilling in nikki's jacket like there is like yeah i mean spike definitely is getting away in his soul with way more than angel soul allowed him to get away with. <laughs> and it's, it's not like I'm saying I want him to be as brooding as angel. I, I, I like the being different characters, mm-hmm. but it's just like, if he's like, he's always been an emo little bitch, even in vampire dumb. So should he not feel more in right. him having a soul now? Right. That Maybe does make not, a lot of I'm, sense, Latoya. Not, not him like eating rats. No one's telling him to no. get a terrible wig and eat rats. No, don't but do that. like he should be feeling <laughs> more immense himself being like, Well, I'm still Spike, so yeah, I guess I'm upset about it, but like if you bring it up, I will kill you. Yeah, yeah. I would like to talk about relatable content, if I may, which is Please. Amanda. Being at a vineyard? <laughs> no, I'm skipping the vineyard. <laughs> what happens at the vineyard? The first is horse and Caleb is like Buffy just needs one final nudge. Snooze. Oh, I, I I put in my notes though. Um, does he support because his version of the first is always Buffy? Does he like support the first because it's acknowledging that woman is evil? Because like the first is the first evil, so it's acknowledging that woman is evil. Uh, yeah. Is that why he's like I'm, I I support this? Nice. Yes. Probably. He doesn't like women, but it also <laughs> inherently says woman is evil. Well, also that like 
go that like doubles down because he the first is always Buffy for Caleb except for when he's role playing as the women that Caleb killed. So mm-hmm. it's really yeah. yeah, yeah, the first is playing playing up to Caleb's misogyny and terrifyingly disgusting but effective ways. Say is this is before uh death proof, right? Cuz I'm like Tarantino stole from this if so. Oh, is it? I think it might be, right? Uh, yeah, Death Proof is 2007. Yep. Turn wow. to your soul. Wow. Okay, can I talk about my relatable content at the bronze, which is... <laughs> yes, okay. please. Amanda <laughs> just absolutely losing her shit over Faith. She's screaming to the whole bar. This woman is so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. This is what we 17-year-olds say about the of-age women who buy us alcohol. Uh-huh. Well, she didn't mark? even intentionally buy her alcohol. No, Faith oh, snatches yeah. oh, that true, cocktail true, true. right The brunch used mouth. to be more, like, they wouldn't check your ID. The yeah. bronze with all the, the lights? Nope. It's all willy-nilly. There's, there's some pervy shit happening at the bronze now. <laughs> mm. Faith gets her her a seven up, so everything's fine. No, no. no. Faith says she's going to get her a seven up. Then she dances away and she gets (laughs) caught up in the moment of having her hands over her heads. And then there's some cops. Sorry, but that's the traditional way to order a seven up. I'm sorry that you didn't know that. You actually just go to the dance floor and move your arms like that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So the cops show up being they're like there's like uber vamps and now also uber cops um the cops Mm -hmm. are like our fugitive is here we're going to kill her that's their mission that's their mission that matters is kill the fugitive um faith pulls a faith you could buy me another drink they take her out to the alley and you know how billy feels about that about a woman (laughs) who's so forward again he should just be billy like they should they should have made the connection Support for the show comes from Prose. Prose is the world's most personalized hair care. Prose knows there's more to you than just your hair type. They've given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz. One of those over 1 million consultations was with yours truly, Jenny Owen Youngs. There were some questions in the quiz that made a lot of sense to me. What's your hair type? How's your scalp? What are your hair concerns? But then there were questions like, What kind of exercise do you do and how often? What's your zip code? What are your eating habits? They really take a holistic look at all the factors that can have an impact on your hair, from personal to environmental, and they use all of that information to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free, and they're the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. And if you're not 100% positive pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take the products back, no questions asked. I've been using pros for a while now, and I've been so happy with my hair ever since. I've seen improvements in shine, in strength, in smoothness, and I absolutely love their selection of scents. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash Buffy. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Buffy for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta. And I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. And you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So the the potentials are on the inside of the bronze and the fight is happening um, between Faith and the cops outside of the bronze. Dawn mistakenly is like, these are just the Sunnydale cops. They're stupid. And one of them then shoots Chandelier down uh, and is absolutely yeah. fine shooting everyone in the entire bronze if he needs to. Does anybody else want to talk about the move that Kennedy does to get the gun from the cop? Was anyone else sweating? It was missing... A rotten peach thudding onto the ground, which is the only thing that arouses me these days. Okay, that's yeah, fair. Toya has exactly one yum, and it has not been served by this episode. <laughs> you guys, I love this move. Uh, I love this move, okay? I'm sorry. Kennedy, my notes are Who all- are you apologizing to? Well, it just nobody else was as turned on as me. So I'm apologizing to the lack of turned onness in the hot. chat. It's hot. She's hot. It's fine. Calm down. It's a good move. <laughs> also, it like it go, she gets the gun in like the hottest move uh, I've ever seen, taking a gun from somebody else. And then like it cuts and she's in the alley, literally using a billy club on the cop. So like it's just a win, 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 win. Yep. It's a win yep. all the way down for me with Kennedy in this fight. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Faith, what do you call it? A kip? A kip up? Uh, Faith does a little hoop, a little, you know, um, and everyone's having so much fun. What a great fight. The cops are going down. The girls are winning. Yeah. Hell and yeah. And of course, the potentials you assume it would be and, and Dawn because again, Dawn should be potential. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Could a girl who wasn't a potential jump on the back of a Sunnydale police officer? Here's the thing you didn't see. She jumped on his back and then she snapped his neck. Hell yeah, (laughs) Buffy just rolls up at the absolute worst possible moment after Faith has 
bopped a cop in his jugular with a billy club. Uh, And then, to her discredit, Faith does a terrible job explaining what has happened. I feel like there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for what's going on here. To Buffy's discredit, she she's not going to listen. Because yeah, no, also she goes true, to, also true. To, to the default season three, season four, Buffy is like, I'm not going to listen to this shit. I'm in LA now in my mind. Yeah, I think that's why, honestly, I think that's why Faith doesn't explain what happened because I think Faith is like clearly aware that like it doesn't fucking matter I, what she I says. I think I wrote like, she's gone full like Faith just killed the deputy mayor. She's not listening to shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Faith, oh, I love, okay, I love, the thing I love most about this episode is Anya's uh, calling out of Buffy, which we'll get to, but the second thing I love the most is when Buffy is like, you put these girls in danger, and how dare you do that, and Faith is literally- These children in danger, she says. These children in danger, and Faith is like, first of all, you don't even know these girls, you should have more confidence in them, and also, how safe were they when you dragged them to the fucking vineyard? Thank you, and Faith. I I, I want to agree with Faith, that, and she's like, they're not children, but also like, have because you guys have been watching, have there been moments where she just doesn't know these girls' names? Because that's like a, a point that Faith keeps hitting, and but has there been a moment of that? There I, hasn't been like a overt moment of that. Scene, I'm guessing then. Yeah, but there's not like she doesn't have like meaningful interactions with you know what I mean. She's not like getting to know them the way that like you would think a person at the like who's like battling the apocalypse and has like a you know small squad of like-minded individuals under her roof like there's not this sort of like uh camaraderie Mm -hmm. being uh cultivated yeah you know Mm -hmm. yeah there's not been like a scene or anything like that where she specifically doesn't know their names but it does feel very believable that she doesn't know a lot of their names because she's she's like treating them like the group you know, rather than like individuals. Um. All right, a quick scene. Oh, Buffy punches Faith. That's how this scene ends. For again, of course, of course she does. That's, that's her default. Like I said, like season three, season four, her default. Yeah, she's like, I don't seem to have a knife on me, so why don't you take this fucking right hook? Um, and Faith does just take the right hook and doesn't do anything about it. And we'll hear more about that when Wood uh, and Faith. She, talk I mean, she often does later on the board. She, again, when Buffy comes to LA, sometimes Buffy just gives her a right hook, and yeah, that's true. She'll give Angel a right hook too. All right, who wants to talk about the motorcycle scene? I'll do it so that LaToya doesn't have to. It's road trip time, baby. Not since Don got on the back of this motorcycle have we enjoyed so thoroughly a little spike in the front, (laughs) other character on the back, a football helmet on the head, little scene. Uh, <laughs> this is a terrible description. <laughs> <laughs> Not Spike since and it happened before has it happened again. <laughs> Spike and Andrew are taking a little, a very efficient motorcycle road trip up to Gilroy. Uh, Spike's not wearing a helmet. I don't care for that. Andrew's wearing a football helmet. That can't be safe. Uh, it's not a road trip. It's a covert operation. It's fine. Uh, it turns out these two fellas have a little bit more in common than maybe either one of them originally thought. They're very passionate about 
the onion blossom. Who is it? Who is the freak bitch who's not, Jenny? <laughs> you know who's probably not into it? Buffy. Yeah. I bet what, you Giles what is What does Buffy like to eat? Giles is not into a blooming onion. That is far, far beneath. Get him, get him drunk. He will be. That's what true. What does Buffy like to eat? Buffy. Yeah, we what? know that she likes non-fat yogurt. Uh, we know that she likes, I think, a cappuccino. We've seen her eat fries. <laughs> she's actually just uh, made of milk. She's just made of milk. Uh, she's not fucking Connor. I mean, literally, like <laughs> what? Buff. We haven't ever seen Buffy like eat. I think she likes a blue a, a blue onion. Yeah. If spice. All right, all right, it. all right. Re- retracted. My apologies. I to am. Buffy, Buffy I lo- is problematic in a lot of ways, but I think she likes a blue onion. <laughs> I love the detail that Spike has gathered about how to make. Do you think that Spike has attempted making his own blue onion? He tried to make it in Xander's basement, and it was <laughs> it did not go well. Uh... <laughs> Xander's mom was like, you got oil everywhere. <laughs> he definitely wouldn't try it in his own place. God, imagine he just had like a fry station in one of the like fucking coffins. I just got really sad. Like he never got to try it with Joyce. Oh, no. Oh. I just got really sad about this. Joyce just, would have Just to be clear, people, I don't onion. hate Spike, okay? <laughs> no, you don't hate Spike. <laughs> I'm letting the people know. Okay. So, um, Spike is like, Andrew, if you tell anybody that we had this conversation, I'll bite you. Andrew's like, that sounds also sexy. Not So either way, I win. Great. Andrew's like, what? <laughs> that you talked about a, a blooming onion? You do that every single day of your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Here we are on the porch at Ravello Drive. Faith smoking yet another cigarette. Does anyone have a moist, cool washcloth that I could apply to my face? So here's the thing, everyone. If this isn't winning sexual attention awards, I'm going to fight every single one of you. Honestly. There is a women's wrestler right now whose whole bit is that she just, like, yells at everyone from the crowd to the cameraman. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to (laughs) choke you out. I'm going to choke you out. And she just just starts choking random people out. And I will do that to you if you don't vote for this immediately. Honestly, for so there's okay. We'll talk about the scene, but the thing that really set my my whole head was just a flame. It just was set on fire. Is the look that Wood gives to Faith when she's like, "I read people too." The way that Wood looks at Faith in that moment, if it does not win a sexual attention award, I'll burn the whole place down with my head that is on fire from that moment. <laughs> Should I tell you guys my D.B. Woodside story? Please. Yes. It's a good story, so no one worry. (laughs) You never know with me. (laughs) I'm not Uh, worried. So I met D.B. Woodside. I got to, uh, towards end of season three of Lucifer, go on um, set uh, when they were filming an episode. And I met D.B. Woodside. I met, like, all of the cast, basically, at that point, uh, besides, because season three, so besides Tom Welling. So I met, like, everyone. Um... And when like DB was literally like driving up when I like uh, at one point because he they were about to do like the read through he like wasn't filming his scenes that day where they were doing the read through and uh, I was being introduced to DB he's like oh he's like he literally just told me thank you so much for your reviews because especially having another like black person 
like being the one to review our show he was saying how much like because they under like i understood certain bits like about his character and like the stories they were telling he was like so appreciative and so happy and he was like he was just so happy that i was like doing this work and like in this industry at all oh no it is a good story latoya yeah he's a good that guy might be the best story <laughs> that rules yeah db woodside for president Okay, not to like our hearts, whatever. But did you happen to notice like what he smelled like at all? <laughs> he smelled well. They all smelled well. Again, I met everyone on the cast besides Tom Welling at the time, and they all smelled well. You say <laughs> good. Okay, well and good. Okay, so it's just, it's just great. This is is this. This is the most fun that we have this episode. I don't know. Uh, Faith refers to uh, the bruise that she received from Buffy as her favorite of all her current bruises. Uh, Mm -hmm. She says that Buffy thinks she's a cop. Uh, Faith would like some credit for not killing Buffy, which is a new thing she's trying. I think that's good. Get a load of this. Get a fucking load of this. Wood thinks, actually, that Faith is worried about Buffy. Faith thinks he needs to brush up on his Fuffy history. I (laughs) think that he recently attended Dirty Girls Weekend in Chicago (laughs) and watched our very, very explicit and informative Mm -hmm. educational uh, PowerPoint presentation about many of the fine points of... Buffy and Faith's history together. He knows what's up. Yeah, we actually made, we did that whole night for Robin Wood, so. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, favorite of her most recent bruises, because her last most recent bruises are all from Angelus, and that wasn't fun. No. (laughs) At least not for her. I know I already talked about it, but the look that Wood gives to Faith on the porch will set, keep flammable things away from it, is all I will say. Yeah, if you're ovulating, don't look directly at the television set. <laughs> okay, so Xander rolls up, breaking up this hot, hot moment between Wood and Faith. Um, before we get to Xander's welcome gathering, we have a very quick clip of the church. A monk jumps out from behind something, attacks Spike. We see that the monk has been burned with a seal. Very recognizable, like Jenny said, because it has one cross on the inside of it. But this actually, this priest's burn looks like maybe Caleb like did it and then like turned his hand a little bit and did it again. And it kind of looks more like an asterisk. He was so mad. Caleb was so Caleb was so mad because he couldn't have whatever the thing is in the church. We don't know what it is. You know who also was mad because you couldn't have what's in the church? Uh, Glory. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I season five. Remember season five? I'm, I I've been yeah, on better none of those episodes, though. Vaguely. So. Vaguely. Um, all right. So Xander is welcomed home by everyone in the room, which really, it's very sweet for Xander, and he deserves it. And Dawn gives him a big hug. But really, this scene exists. Which is, is when I teared up, actually. <laughs> when Dawn hugs him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's... I think they do a really good job of like conveying the 
gravity of this loss that he has had. Which is made worse by Buffy ruining everything. Oh, Buffy. Yeah, my oh. note in this scene is Buffy, give him a fucking minute. Are you kidding oh, me she, right now? My note is Buffy, shut the fuck up. My other note is Anya looking like a cover girl, no bra, hips out. <laughs> <laughs> Those hips are uh, out. Oh, God. All right. So the way the scenes are staggered, we only hear Buffy say, okay, so we're going to go back in. And then we cut back to the church. So don't worry. We're going to get a big, long-ass scene at Ravello Drive that I, I have a lot to say about, at, le- at the very least. Um, but before that, uh, we learn a little bit about what's happening at the church. A, there's a trap door behind Mary. That's fun. Mm-hmm. To uh, picture yeah. me B. pressing every Mary that I ever see to see if there's a trapdoor behind her. <laughs> you little freak. <laughs> Listen, if you have something important you need to show someone, take it from me. Don't just like flip a light switch like some kind of fucking, I don't know what. Pick <laughs> up a candelabra and walk towards Mary, push on Mary and she will, you know, yield to you and reveal a secret chamber. Wave your candelabra about (laughs) in the room. Remove a tapestry that for some reason has been re-hung over the engraving that made Caleb so mad. Light the text with your candelabra and let Spike read. Does anybody know what this uh, language is that it's written in? Anybody? Anybody listening know what the language is that's described in the wall? I'm going to guess Sumerian. That sounds right. They They love to do Sumerian. They love Sumerian. I I know when it's Latin, it's Sumerian then. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly didn't even, like, I wasn't even looking at the words. Oh, yeah, I didn't look at the screen for what, it was just bumps. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I will just note that the the monk uh, is played by character actor Larry Clark. Recently, he played uh, Mary McCormick's uh, basic husband on Heels, a wrestling television show. Jenny, have you watched Heels yet? Oh, no, but it's on my list. Uh, you just put, keep putting it off until they hire me to write on the show, because what the fuck? <laughs> Indeed. He was also on Survivor's Remorse, which was Mike O'Malley's show before Heels, which is a great show you should watch. He was on the Twin Peaks revival, The Bridge, wow. you know, OG Law and Order, Hurdy Holy shows. Shit. Oh, dang. A resume. Yeah, so whatever language this is written in, Spike knows it. I really thought, I really thought Andrew was going to be the one to know this. I was like, this is Andrew's moment. He knows how to read so many languages. And yet it was Spike who reads it. It, it would make sense to make him useful, right? Yeah, yes. And he, this is his use. I think what they're doing here to make Andrew useful in the way that they've been seeing Andrew as useful of late is making him like making him fill the sort of storyteller role where, where this guy is saying like, ah, oh, Caleb came and he burned me and I hid and I listened to him kill everyone else. And what Andrew says to the priest is running away saved your life, right. which is like very in line with his sort of like. Mm-hmm. The way that he uh, retells things and mm-hmm. and well, also his finds in ways to make them feel heroic. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I said that's his ethos in general: running away saves your life. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the I'm gonna give us the inscription here. 
It says, it is not for thee. It is for her alone to wield. This is what, Ooh. like Jenny said, makes Caleb kill everyone in the whole church except for this one guy who was hiding. Um, what does it mean? Who knows? Who knows? Not a one among us. So there's only one real scene left, and it's a doozy of a scene. The uh, scene I thought where I'd be on Buffy's side, and that's why I said I'll do this episode. Now I'm like, what the fuck? They tricked me. I love they that you and Alba me. like had the same experience because I think she went in the same way and left, being like, wait. <laughs> wait. Uh, again, I, I think also they, they rewrote Kennedy in this entire episode. That's the problem because you like Kennedy's leading the charge. I I I I know how I feel about that. And then what the fuck? I I had the same experience too. I think on every. Every watch up till now, I've felt more on Buffy's side. But now, it is clear. It's not so much that everyone... Like, it's not so much that Buffy is completely wrong. It's that... It's that... Like you were saying earlier, Latoya, like... The whole thesis statement, the whole point of this show is that mm-hmm. Buff, okay, Buffy is a slayer. She's an active slayer for an unusually long time. And that is always credited to the fact that unlike slayers before her she has a support system she has family she has friends she has like a father-daughter relationship with her watcher and they all work together and they all use their individual Mm -hmm. strengths and buffy is like kind of the leader because she is imbued with the power and you know is the chosen one or whatever but like she also respects everyone else and that's sort of like what's feeling fractured here and it feels like a symptom of last episode like in especially last episode you know Mm -hmm. where she the the weight on her shoulders has has been increasing exponentially since seasons have began and now we're at this point where she really she really made a critical enormous error in judgment and that resulted in loss of life uh broken limbs loss of eye and she is not dealing with that in any kind of like productive or healthy way so like everything is just a mess and she's not doing anything to dig herself out of where she's Mm -hmm. at and she's not leaning on the people that have helped her get this far this whole time and so it is bad thank you for listening this is why i i always play devil's advocate and say i I mean, there's stuff I love, I love about these last seasons, but like I always say kind of season five would have been a perfect ending for the series because I think that when she just fucking shuts down in weight of the world, like that is kind of does a better story than what all of this is in season seven where she's just like, I'm going to do my loader bullshit again and expect to have different results and obviously not. And I think part of my problem now as I'm rewatching this episode and realizing, oh, I'm not on Buffy's side is that like, we know what this show is. It's still Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, especially at the time, even though it make as we're rewatching, we're like, no, they're actually right to push back against Buffy and kick her out. Even though, again, they were never right to um, not pay pay for the cost of housing in Buffy's home to let her go into supreme debt. That was very bad in season six. Willow, I do not mm-hmm. forgive you for that shit. Tara, you died, so I can forgive you, I guess. Um, <laughs> The, the problem is that, like, ultimately, the show is on Buffy's side. So ah. I, I know that rewatching it now, it's like, oh, no, they're right. But ultimately, 
just not even it's not spoiling it's just like saying how i know storytelling mm-hmm. is going especially at this time it's it's not going to go well for them because she is still she is the titular buffy the mm-hmm. vampire slayer yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's like i i can't even feel bad for her because ultimately i know how a television show is going to work and it's like she's going to end up being right even though she's wrong in her execution but like she's going to be right because they are the people who kicked her out of the house which i always believed prior to this like well yeah they kicked her out of her house they're ungrateful people and again willow pay to live in this home especially now since you've kicked her out but it's just she was wrong and something needed to be done but the show ultimately is not going to say she's wrong because that's not how television works especially at this time no, this, so I don't remember how I felt when I saw this scene, you know, six, seven years ago for the first time, but I was watching this season, like I, the way that I work for like producer stuff is that I'll watch the whole season before we start recording, sort of mm-hmm. make notes on like anything that I should be aware of that we should pay special attention to. And then I watch it one episode at a, at a time as we tape. And when I was watching um, season seven as a whole, I was also reading um, a newer book by Sarah Shulman called Let the Record Show, which is like a history of the ACT UP movement um, in the 90s in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this scene like sent me on a whole situation because I think... <sighs> I think that as much as we've never seen Buffy like act this extreme in in like her entitlement or what have you, I think it makes sense with like the more you increase the pressure with anyone, the more you increase the pressure on somebody, the more your weaknesses and your um, the way that like societal structures have impacted you, like all of those things start to become clearer and clearer and clearer, the more weight that you're under. And so watching this and realizing that like Buffy, the because she was totally broken at this point absolutely was like grasping to this concept i mean she says it right democracies don't win battles there has to be a single voice uh you need someone to lead you and i'm like listening to her say this as i'm reading about this incredibly impactful will teach generations uh you know uh, to come about how to like make change as a uh, group of people where there is not one voice and there is not one leader and people actually do listen to each other um and it just it really knocked me over because i think i think and if i had the time i wanted to do like a bigger episode on this because i just feel like there's I think there's like a lot of white supremacist shit in here. I think there's a lot of patriarchal shit in here. Like the structures that are making Buffy think she has to do the things that she is doing feel. And I don't even know if the fucking writers knew what they were. (laughs) I don't know if they knew what they were doing, but it feels like such an incredible example of like how, when you think there needs to be one voice that leads them all, it actually just shatters the whole thing because you need to like listen to your community. To your point, Latoya and Jenny, that you were talking about before, like that's what the show has given us from the jump. You listen to your community, and she's not. Mm. She's being a terrible community leader. Yeah, yeah. It's so. It's like she's she's wrong, and it's bad. And I'm also glad that she leaves at the end. But it's really devastating to watch. And I, I've always felt this way about the scene, and it, it at least hasn't changed, that uh, Faith is not asking to be put in charge. 
She's not. She's not. But of course, Buffy in her <laughs> L.A. glory is like, "Oh, <laughs> you wanted this, right?" She's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> How did you shit? I've been sitting on the counter just eating hot pockets and cereal." <laughs> <laughs> you want to take everything from me just like you always do all of my it, vampire boyfriends she's like angel can you come here and explain what just like how we like went through some like therapy because like yeah. buffy needs some of it yeah buffy needs to be like in your mind seeing you yes. do shit or something to learn a lesson yeah mm-hmm. faith has outpaced buffy at this point it is so clear that faith is so much more grounded in who she is and how faith to listen got therapy yeah <laughs> She did. Faith, I mean, Faith had like time with herself and also time in therapy with Angel. She has, she's done a lot of work. Mm. Um, I think that there, I mean, you know, we only have, sorry to say it, but we only have um, three episodes left and I'm sure that we'll like talk about this more. Um, but I, for one, would like to at least play the sound clip of Anya really giving Buffy uh, a dressing down, I think, is one of the terms that perhaps you would use. Mm -hmm. Automatically you. You really do think you're better than we are. But we don't know. We don't know if you're actually better. I mean, you came into the world with certain advantages, sure. I mean, that's the legacy. But you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You've never had anybody come up to you and say that you deserve these things more than anyone else. They were just handed to you. So that doesn't make you better than us. It makes you luckier than us. Well, shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I want to note first that when uh, Buffy says it's not a cheerocracy, uh, you can see both Mm -hmm. Dawn and Xander's like fuck off faces before (laughs) they even say anything. Mm-hmm. they're like oh she's like she's too far gone uh but yeah the things anya calls out is like in terms of like being the slayer technically buffy is a nepotism baby but like you can't like you can't really say she didn't earn shit uh, as as a nepotism baby she's like dakota johnson basically <laughs> <laughs> really didn't see that one coming that one really got me, me. me comparing buffy to dakota, dakota johnson, johnson, johnson my love <laughs> Anya has wanted to say this shit to Buffy. Like, she said shit to Buffy in Selfless. It's just like, Anya and Buffy aren't friends. <laughs> they really are not mm-hmm. friends. They always come to a loggerheads for various reasons that, honestly, I'm always on Anya's side. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, Buffy never really ever respected her or gave her a benefit of the doubt. And she was willing to kill her immediately. Immediately. So, yeah. Um, but um, uh, but Spike has a soul now, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, he can be a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he's a righteous man, but he can be a good man. Apparently, <laughs> Faith has a couple of um, lines that I wrote in all caps because I screamed when she said them. Um, Buffy is sort of like because they that Kennedy is the first one to suggest they put it to a vote. Rona says there's another slayer here. Um, so why can't she be the one that is like in charge or whatever? It's important to note that when Rona does say, hey, what about Faith? Faith is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Buffy's like commentary on like, oh, I didn't have time to fucking get you drunk and like make you cookies and braid your fucking hair. And Faith goes or learn their names. (laughs) 
<laughs> I screamed at that. And then I also screamed at um, Faith saying, I don't know if I can lead, but the real question is, can you follow? <laughs> I'm nodding my head. Oh, As opposed shit. to everything I've done when they've spoken. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I shit. <laughs> I don't know exactly how a different solution could be possible, but do we think it's the best thing for them to send Buffy away from everyone else when there is an evil preacher man who wants to destroy all of them. I think they realize that Buffy would be all or nothing. I think that's uh, the way I'm interpreting it here. Because uh, with right. the, I don't know if I can leave, but you can, uh, can you follow? I'm like, again, uh, to go back to Angel, because that's uh, <laughs> that's what I, what I talk about. Like, Angel proved he could follow yeah. uh, after he was a little dick and he, like, put Wesley in charge. But yeah. Of course, True. Wesley ruined that by kidnapping his baby. And then and Angel was in charge again. should have definitely been in charge, but whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> what? Big, 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 big. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Um... There's a difference between these uh, two champions Yeah. where even when Angel's in full, I'm the decider mode, he just fires everyone. He doesn't, like, continue to be a little mm-hmm. bitch. Yeah, at I least don't... With, with them in tow. I really He's don't. a little bitch, but they're not in tow. And Dawn, <laughs> Dawn being the one to, like, be the final voice in this, I think, to me... It's like, she did have to leave. Is it the safest thing for her? No, but she fucking strolled over to the school by herself earlier. Like, I feel like, agree, I agree, LaToya, that, like, she is not going to be able to get where she needs to get without the measure being this extreme. There yeah. is there is no middle ground for her at this point but because she can't Willow get But better be paying for like the mortgage because yeah uh, that uh, yes agree what's your make xander do it because xander actually makes money mm-hmm. somebody guys pitch in everybody pitch in it um, would be nice xander is a man of means i gotta say mm-hmm. xander is not a fucking uh like mooch like the rest of them he's here basically because he has no eye but uh right. he has a full apartment he has his own yeah. apartment so just briefly, I because I think that uh, Kennedy, like we said, has a really great episode. I think Rona has had many great episodes. She's been speaking a lot of truth for a long time. Um, and I and when I watched this through the first time through the whole season, I was struck by this and I was struck by it again. When Buffy leaves, the first thing that we see is that Rona says, ding dong, the witch is dead. And Dawn says, shut your mouth. Know. And it feels yeah. not okay to me. It does not feel like a thing that Rona, the character. Oh, would yeah. Have said. Fuck Rona for this. Fuck like, Rona for everything. For this, it doesn't feel like Rona. It doesn't It doesn't feel no, like she would say that. It honestly, it feels, this episode, like I was saying about Kennedy, it feels like, okay, we're back to how obnoxious the fucking potentials actually are. Mm. This was, again, uh, uh, here, I'll give Greenberg uh, some props. I feel like he wrote them with humanity and in a way I can actually relate to. And then it's like, okay, so we're going to end this going back to how they actually are, right. which is that. I just wish this line had been given mm. to somebody else. I don't like it. Because I was like, yeah, Rona, yeah, Rona. And then it was just like, clearly not the thing to say right then. Clearly. Yeah. It's like, uh, like cool ants in charge now. That's what, that's what that line is. Like, shut up. And <laughs> <laughs> Faith. Uh, Faith follows Buffy out onto the porch. And she's like, 
dang, it sure is still sexually charged out here from before, from the last time two people were on the porch alone. (laughs) And Faith tries to be like, hey, you know, some stuff. And Buffy's like, don't. And you think she's going to be like, fuck you. Don't say whatever you're saying to me and whatever. Don't make your excuses, whatever. But then she's like, with a tear running down her cheek she's like don't be afraid to lead them and then she says whether you wanted it or not their lives are in your hands and it's only going to get harder from here so protect them and lead them I feel like this feels nice because it feels uh, I don't know like uh, it, it has like the echo of sort of like more of what we would have come to expect, of what we've come to expect yeah. from Buffy, you know, like it's it's free from the bullshit. It's just concern for mm-hmm. yeah these lie these real human lives. No and more fronts. What's gonna happen? Right. Yeah, it's nice, and it's also nice that Faith goes after her. You know, like I feel like it's in keeping. Well, of course she does. <laughs> with the rest of this episode, like Faith, as much as she is faith is very aware is very attuned to where Buffy is and what Buffy is doing and why and all this stuff and I think she's the only one that's as deep down in these trenches to be able to you know when you're like really fucked up and somebody else is really fucked up and they're the only person you can fucking count on to look at you in the eyeballs and be like this is fucked up it's like that they're those two (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) that's what's happening and I I think it's really nice um I do feel like we have seen Buffy walking sadly alone into the darkness so many times at this point in season seven it's like losing I'm a little just, bit of its edge for me. <laughs> I'm just so thankful that this coincides with the mass exodus from Sunnydale so that there is undoubtedly a vast so many selection houses. Yeah. of houses Buffy can choose from to squat in. <laughs> She's just across the street at 1629, Ravello. She's like, hey, right? She's like waving <laughs> through the window. Like, what is she, fucking bug man from season two? Oh my God. She's going to try to sell some makeup to them the next morning. <laughs> She's like, this is where this is where Pat used to live. <laughs> um, speaking of Pat and all of the sexual tension she brings with her, should we go forth? Hit it, bitch! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Welcome back to yet another one of the the fourth from the end, the fourth most final, the <laughs> the pen pen ultimate, the pen 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 ultimate pen squared ultimate uh, installment of the sexual tension awards. Listen, it's just getting bleaker and bleaker, but we're scrounging for what we can find in these oh, episodes. Please. There was so much sexual tension in this episode. Come on. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. We have we have carefully and uh, thoughtfully selected four sets of noms to jam into these slots. So here they are. In slot number one, nothing says girlfriends like running after her when she is exiled from the house. And having a little convo on the porch, it's Buffy and Faith. It could happen. 
It's fine. Uh, in slot number two, we've got a we've got we've got a couple slots full of Latoya's favorite things coming up. In <laughs> slot number two, <laughs> in you know, one of the one of the most exciting uh, components of a pairing is steaminess. If if uh, if I may be so bold as to say so, and uh, this pairing is not short by any means on steam. It's faith and a hot pocket. <laughs> Latoya hates it. She loves that uh, hot pocket. In slot number three, uh, we have another pairing um, that is good to me. Uh, Kristen, have you ever seen um, a t-shirt or leather jacket that says on the back of it, if you can read this, the bitch fell off? I have. I have. I, I just saw one um, in an episode of a different ever? vampire. No, not for the first time ever, but I just saw one. Some, I just saw one earlier today on an episode of a different vampire show. Oh, okay, okay. So it's fresh at the top of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knows if anybody's wearing such a garment in this episode but we do see two people on a motorcycle it's spike and andrew latoya's eye roll was so big that her whole head i I know they're gonna win so i don't even no 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 no. and then we come to it at last the final slot and honestly the only acceptable slot (laughs) by far the best slot Mm mm-hmm jam-packed with two extremely hot noms who have a very good scene together please let them read each other when you cast your vote <laughs> it's faith and wood hot 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 i i am prepared for the hot pocket to beat this <laughs> I, I i've listened to your show i know what happens no 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 don't let latoya down vote with your, you know, heart and your head and also your bathing suit area, please. <laughs> See, this is why you got to wait it out for what she's going to come out with. Because it's always good. It's always good. Bathing suit area. <laughs> it's about as sexy as sexual tension words has ever gotten around these parts. <laughs> so, uh, those are your options. You must know what to do at this point, but I'll tell you anyway, just in case. Please cast your vote. Make your voice heard in our beautiful democracy. Uh, The Twitter poll will be live for this round of the Sexual Attention Awards on our Twitter account for one week from the publishment of this episode. I'm watching all of you. And Latoya will be watching. Well, folks, here we are. We did it. Who's getting kicked out of the house at the end of our episode right now? Me. It's no. me. It's me. <laughs> we, I, <laughs> I think Buffy's going across the street to go lay down and take a little nap. So I would like to actually be the one kicked out of the house. Can I be kicked out of the house? <laughs> I'm glad we all want to be kicked out of the house. <laughs> to be in that house come on right i want to have a good night's sleep mm-hmm. dawn wants to be kicked out of that house dawn's like can i come though yeah <laughs> yeah dawn right to be out of the house. um wherever buffy goes she's gonna have her own bathroom why and all live in the same great. house why live in a central location it's buffy's house we know it's, this place is fragile 
Especially now that all the houses are empty. There's so many. Every potential could have their own house. Y'all need to move your shit. All right, LaToya. Um, can you tell the good people where they might find you? No. Great. LaToya said, fuck <laughs> off. Okay. But as a matter of fact, you're not allowed to know where LaToya can be found until you place your proper vote for the Sexual Attention Awards. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Ah. Uh... Jenny, how about you? Oh, my gosh. Well, let me tell you what. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and uh, when I'm not making this podcast, I am making songs. I have a new EP called It's Dangerous to Go Alone. It came out in June. It's a collection of songs inspired by video games. You can find that EP on Bandcamp or your favorite digital music platform. You can give me a shout on Twitter and Instagram uh, and even TikTok at Jenny Owen Youngs. And you can join me for live streams on my Twitch channel on a weekly basis, okay? Okay. What about you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, my name is Kristen Russo. And um, when I'm not watching Buffy or talking to LaToya about Peach's thudding on the Netflix series First Kill, you can learn about work that I <laughs> you can learn about work that I do with LGBTQ plus communities. Thud. <laughs> website kristinnoline.com that's thud 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 dot com use that spelling to find me on twitter or on instagram and what about us jenny thud thud with an i oh my god buffering the vampire slayers on twitter facebook and instagram at buffering cast you can email us at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com if you want to support us you can do that by (laughs) by being really nice to us or just by like voting properly in the sexual tension wars or by going to our patreon where we have bonus podcasts and lots of fun things learn all about all of those things buffering the vampire slayer Dot com. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Alba Daza with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. It featured a very special guest appearance by my number one favorite and best friend of all time, Latoya Ferguson. And till next time, ah, saluting
one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a best comic book podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.